Somebody put your hands together. Come on, church. Can you stand to your feet? Can you put your hands together? Anybody happen to be in the house of the Lord on this Sunday evening? Come on, church. We can do better than that. Somebody put your hands together. If the Lord brought you through another year, we're closing in on the last few hours of 2023. Somebody just turn to your neighbor as you're uh, falling into your seats and just say, it's good to see you. Come on, turn to your next neighbor. If they didn't say anything, you're looking at the wrong person. Say, it's good to see you. Glad you made it through. We're here to praise and worship the name of Jesus. We're here to thank God. We're here to bless the name of Jesus for, for keeping us. Come on, church. Come on, church. We can do better than that. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Bless the name of Jesus. Worship and praise the Lord with us as we get this service going.
just another one. I am free. I am free. I am free. Hey, Lord, just another one. I am free. I am free. I am Get up, get up, get up, get up out of that grave. 
Praise the Lord, everybody. Can we just stand to our feet at this time? We're going to bring God and usher him in our prayer today or tonight. How many excited you know that we're entering into a new season? I said, how many of you are excited that we're entering into a new season? Whatever happened in 2023 in about an hour and a half or so, you're going to enter into a new season of your life where there's going to be an opportunity for you to make a choice. It's up to you what choice you're going to make. And let's bring God into our season, okay? Let's hold hands uh, to the person next to you, and let's connect together. Let's connect together, because we want to believe that God is going to do the supernatural for us in 2024. The eyes that we expected will see, and ears that we haven't heard will hear what the Lord is going to say and speak to each other, and our hearts will be together. Let's pray unto the Lord that we may bring his presence, and he's already here. We're just invoking that the glory will fill this temple. Father, in the mighty name of Jesus, we give you thanks. Let's pray together. Lord, we give you honor and praise, for you are God and God alone, and beside you there is none other. We thank you, God, for this opportunity that we can come into your presence. And God, we ask of you right now to forgive us and cleanse us from all unrighteousness. As the scripture says, let us be blotted out of all transgressions, and let us teach transgressors and sinners transgressors thy ways, that they may be converted unto thee. Father, right now we believe that God, that the hand that I'm holding, 
I'm squeezing, oh God, life into these hands. Though they may be depressed, though they be coming with so many issues, concerns in their mind and in their spirit. I pray as they enter into this church, I pray that their hearts will be turned to you. I pray that the ushering of your praise and glory and wisdom and power, Lord God, be presented unto you as an offering and a sacrifice unto you. Lord God, I believe, God, you could do signs, miracles, and wonders in the midst of your people. Lord God, I pray for breakthrough. I pray, Lord God, for a miracle to happen each everyone who are here. Families will be come together. Those who are broken will be made whole. I pray for our bodies to be healed. I pray for, Lord God, sight, eyes that are blind to be opened. I pray for the salvation for those who needing salvation in this time. Father, we know that you can be banked on by good credit. And we believe and trust that, Lord God, no weapon for us against us shall be able to prosper in the mighty name of Jesus Christ. We thank you for what you're about to do in this place. We thank you for what you've already done. And, Lord God, we believe what God is about to perform in the midst of us. Let us continue to work to, to do the will of God in this time and in this season. Let us lift our voice unto the Lord. Let us be glad unto him. In the mighty name of Jesus, let us put our hands together. Let us open our mouths. Can I, can I hear a hallelujah in the place? Can I hear a thank you, Jesus, in this place? Can I hear glory in this place? In the mighty name of Jesus, be blessed of the Lord. Amen and amen. God bless you. Praise the name of Jesus. Hallelujah. We bless you, Jesus. That has ever overcome your life. There is no rival that could ever stand against your mind. You've always been with us. Every battle you already won, we've already won. Can I see you guys put your hands together? Come on, clap your hands like this. There is no weapon that has ever left a mark on you. There is no army with the power to conquer truth. You've always been There is a kingdom that's advancing, that's advancing at the speed of light, and it is kingdom. Every death, every, every death, death thing is about to rise. 
Hallelujah. Somebody give the Lord a shout of praise. Hallelujah. 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 We bless your name, Jesus. We're so grateful. We just want to show you our gratitude tonight, Jesus. For all you've done and all you have brought us through, Jesus. Hallelujah. Hallelujah.
tragic could have happened to you this year, but you're here right now. You're here right now. 2023 may not have gone the way you wanted it to, but you're still standing. You're still standing. And I will throw up my hands and worship you, Jesus. When I don't have anything else to say, I'll say hallelujah. I'll still praise you anyhow. I'll still praise you any Somebody praise him in the room. Lift up your worship. Lift up your worship. He will respond to that. He will respond to that.
That's how much people committed to give collectively. That was our church congregation. That was, that was some churches that were around our district and, in a, and also a part of our organization that saw what we were doing and wanted to be a blessing. $174,656 is what was committed. The total contributions of what was given was $245,658.91. Yeah, we thank God for the blessing and, and what was able to transpire on that spiritual journey over the last couple of years. Um, going into a couple highlights of our um, some of the ministries. What I'll do, I'll read off a couple of the ministries that we have um, in our church, some of our active ministries, just so you, you know what's going on. Um, if you're not aware, we have our youth ministry, we have our audiovisual and media ministry, we have an ushers team ministry, we have a greeters team ministry, we have an altar care ministry, we have a nurse ministry, we have a praise and worship ministry, musicians, we have a senior ministry, we have a men's ministry, ladies, Sunday school ministry, evangelism and outreach ministry, we have one ministry, we have a prison ministry, we have our parking lot attendant ministry, our care ministry, cleaning ministry, singles ministry, marriage ministry. There are so many things, so many ministries that is a part of Christ Center Church, even in our infancy stage of being eight years old, so many ways to get involved. If you don't already know, find ways to get involved. Um, the last couple of months, a couple months ago, um, October 1st, we had our first ever ministry fair. And that happened here. Uh, it took place in the sanctuary. It happened next door in our fellow, fellowship hall where we had various ministries that had the opportunity, the chance to promote themselves and gave people an opportunity to show interest and simply learn about what was going on here at CCC. The goal here is to have a ministry fair at least twice a year, once in the spring, once in the fall. And that's just to give people an opportunity to know, hey, if I want to get involved, who should I go to? Who's the ministry leader? I want to join something else. Let me see how I can get involved. Uh, shortly after our very first ministry fair, we had our first ever ministry orientation. And our first ever orientation took place on November 6th, where our pastor gave an overview of our church, explained what it meant to be in and a part of ministry. And then we also had breakout sessions for our ministry leaders to talk to our new uh people that signed up for ministries or who had interest to learn a little bit more um, and then also to understand the responsibilities and so on. Uh, so our goal is to also have these ministry orientations typically following each ministry fair, right? And that will kind of be your way of knowing, okay, this is the commitment that I'm getting into. This is the responsibilities that I want to go forth. That's just your way. And there are other exceptions, but we'll leave that for a different time. But we know we want to have two ministry fairs a year, and then typically we have a ministry orientation following our ministry fair. Somebody say amen. Amen. One of our ministries, our outreach ministry, have what's called a medallion care Bible study. They meet monthly. 
12 average students each month meet, and they've been meeting since August of 2023. Medallion is a program that's focused on adult partial care, behavioral health, and therapy care. This is hosted by our very own Brother Tom and Brother Isaiah. Can we just give a round of applause for the ministry and the work that they are doing? Also a part of that outreach ministry, uh, on November 25th, we had a rescue mission dinner. Served approximately 200 people. We had volunteers that helped prepare and drop off menu items, assisted with setting up and serving meals and cleaning up before, during, and after the event, showing that we can be a light in the community and stand by what we believe, loving God and loving people. Can we put our hands together for that? Our youth ministry, on September 10th, the youth ministry hosted what we called an ultimate game day here at the church, and they brought in over 68 children. Amen. As noted from the company that we partnered with that had the game trucks that were outside, they let us know that we were the first church in Hamilton to bring a game truck into our own church facility and be able to host that kind of event. So that was a highlight for them as well. So we appreciate that, that we could be a blessing as well. Amen. On October 28th, the youth department took a family trip to Oasis Family Farm and had an amazing turnout. Now, this, these two events that I just highlighted, this doesn't include the number of Hanging with the Haskers events that they had throughout the year and uh, they also had chat and chew sessions uh, but also a branch off of the youth ministry we have a newly established young adults ministry that was formed earlier this year the young adults ages between 18 and 35 have already had a few events in 2023 they had a social hour event a night out bowling, a game night, and just earlier this month, a very interesting conversation relating to healthy boundaries. Amen. Now, staying with the youth real quick, we had, we just thought it was pretty um, interesting just to highlight, just over the course of this year alone, we've had a number of youth in our church that were baptized. Right, just to name a couple, I'm not going to be able to get through all of them. Jordan, Peyton, Brianna, Brooke, Siani, Siana, uh, Little Sammy, Little Ethan Epps, Brother Tim Parson, Joshua, Chrisaya, Mommy, Lance, Carrie, Nasir, Georgiana, Raheem, and I know I'm missing a lot more, but can we just put our hands together for the youth that just made that decision on their own that they want to take that next step and having their own relationship? with Jesus. Hallelujah. Over the last year or so, 2022 going into 2023, we've had four people that received the Holy Ghost. We've had 23 people be baptized in Jesus' name. Amen. Come on, put your hands together for that. We also had a community health fair event that happened here uh, in the sanctuary as well as the fellowship hall as well. That happened on July 22nd. And we had different local organizations that joined us here to provide information on services that they provide. Uh, free screenings took place, as well as information on cholesterol, blood pressure, diabetes, 
medical benefits, uh, life insurance, overall health and wellness. There's so many things that are going on in our community, and we want to make sure that we have our stamp here as well to let people know that the church has the resources or that we don't have the resources. There is somebody that we can connect to that has those resources. Can we put our hands together for that? Amen. So those were just a couple of highlights that I just wanted to kind of bring by and just to show you what God is doing, and I'm excited to hear some of the things God is going to do in 2024. Amen. Amen. Well, at this time, I'm going to, I've been tasked to uh, help collect the offering. So if I can ask everyone to please stand. Amen. We're not here to get you to empty out your pockets unless you want to be a blessing. I'm not trying to get you to write that less check in your checkbook, but be a blessing. Amen. You don't got to worry about trying to find something to eat after here. We have midnight breakfast going on after our service. So that that last $5 you were going to spend at Wawa, you can definitely be a blessing. God will increase that next week when you're feeling hungry. Amen. We have a few ways to give. Uh, Of course, uh, you can give the, the traditional way. We have a couple baskets up here. Um, we can also, you can also give by PayPal, uh, Cash App. Um, you can also uh, go on our website. In the back, we have Sister Crystal Hasker. She's waving her hand. If you want to pay electronically, uh, you can pay doing so with a credit card, debit card. She can help you with that back there. If anybody needs envelopes, we have a couple ushers walking around. They can wave their envelopes in the air. Um, we just want to be a blessing for what God is doing, and it's not for the church. It's not just for us. It's for you to be able to get your blessing. Amen? Amen. Let's bow our heart, our heads and pray. Father, in the name of Jesus, we thank you, Lord, for what you have done and all you are doing and what you're getting ready to do. We thank you for the blessings, oh God, that you have poured out to us, the glory that is in this room. We pray that as we go through this next portion of our service with the offering, oh God, we pray that you will bless every giver. Press I pray that you will bless those that don't have to give. I pray that you will make provisions for them to give just so that they can get their blessing. I pray all these things and ask in Jesus' name. Can somebody say amen? Amen. Our musicians are going to bless us. Feel free to worship with them. We'll keep going in our service.
Come on, clap your hands unto the Lord. Are you happy to be in the house of the Lord tonight? Are you happy to be in the house of the Lord tonight? Jesus is in this house tonight. Oh, hallelujah. I'm so glad to be in the house of the Lord tonight. As I shared with you this morning, I mentioned this morning that I wasn't always saved. I wasn't always in church. I wasn't always living for God. And when I was far away from God, I celebrated New Year's Eve at the best parties. Drank the best of everything. And that's how I celebrated New Year's Eve. Brought in the new year with a bang, as we like to say. And then when I started getting a little closer to God, I would get to church. Some of y'all are just so, y'all are doing so much better than me. When I was getting a little closer to God, I would get to church about 11.50. Wasn't saved, but I was going to church. And so I would get to church about 11.50 and uh, hang out there for about 10 minutes. And once the pastor prayed and that was it, went out doing my thing, partying again. And and that's just kind of how we did things. Then I got saved. And now, I was in the church from the moment it started, New Year's Eve service, watch night service, to the moment it ended. And then, we started just expanding. And so after New Year's Eve service, watch night service was over, we had some people that decided, let's just hang out some more so they would cook breakfast and we would be at different houses. And that's just kind of how it went. And then I started realizing after a while that people started, or people stopped having watch night service. And so I said, what in the world is going on? And I kind of get a little offended by it because I just know kind of how, you know, things are supposed to be. And so we started saying, well, you know, it's just it's good to be in the home with our families to bring the New Year's, the New Year in. And can I tell you, I'm just transparent. Anytime we start talking about that family stuff, we start lying. Oh, my family. Got to do the family. Got to stop lying. Professional athletes said they're going to retire so they can spend more time with their family. And you know what usually happens? They normally find something else to do because they realize the family was functioning without them for many years. And now they're trying to, you know, get going with the family. And they're like running the things that they do. And they feel like, where do I fit in? Because whenever we start talking about the family, we start telling stories. Because the family was supposed to be priority from the very beginning. So when you start talking about we got to do the family thing, I start getting skeptical. It's good to have your family in church to bring in the new year. I can't think of anything better than that. I like being comfortable at home, but it's not better than bringing the New Year's in with all of you. And so I appreciate that, and I thank God for that. I thank God for every one of you. We have been preparing for tonight. We said we were going to have a breakfast. 
Christie's here, Cook's here, those are the breakfast people, so it's just, it's just interesting. I'm looking around, and all I can do is shake my head and say, only God. But we've been, we, we are trying to carry the tradition on a breakfast after New Year's Eve. And I said that, I just told Brother Cook, I said, Brother Cook, we can't promote breakfast anymore. Because I don't know if we have enough breakfast for everybody. We're in trouble, Brother Cook. And he's working triple time, trying to make it all work. Appreciate Brother Cook. So, at least what we dismiss, we need to let women and children eat first. At least if they eat, we should be all right, right? But my goodness, this is something. But don't you worry. Hopefully the day is coming where we're going to just knock down this wall and just, as Brother Ethan said, we have 17,000 square feet of this property. And so God is so good to us that he knew we didn't need all 17,000 right away. So he gave us tenants. And so they're occupying next door until, you know, hopefully you all start coming regularly. Then I'm going to have to tell them we're giving you notice because we need all of the space. So that's what's coming next. And we'll just let God do what he's going to do. But I welcome all of you to Christ-centered church where Christ is our central focus. We're here tonight to just... Be together, be in a safe place, be in a place where the presence of the Lord is. And we have decided that we would do communion tonight. And so we will move forward with communion tonight. Do you want to start your new year right? I believe that's the way you started off right. We do a lot of talking, but not a lot of action. That's where we are today. We're always talking about things. We like to say, let's have the conversation. And after the conversation, what really happens, I don't know. Because we do more talking these days than we actually do actions. And so we want to be a church of action and not just a church that talk. I'm looking around in this room tonight, and I want to say that if you've never been baptized in the name of Jesus Christ for the remission of sins, you can do so. See that nice tank over there? It's ready. It's heated. You don't have to get into a cold water, but if you've never had your sins washed away, we're not talking about sprinkling at what y'all like to call christening. We're not talking about all the way back then, and we're not talking about uh, being baptized in the titles Father, Son, Holy Ghost. We're not talking about that. We're talking about Bible baptism. Nobody in the Bible was ever baptized in titles, Father, Son, Holy Ghost. You can't find it in the Bible. If you find it, I'll give you $100. Where someone actually got baptized and they pronounced over them as they're baptizing them, Father, Son, Holy Ghost. If you can find that in the Bible, no kidding, I'll give you $100. Just saying. So I know you can, you know, you have your phone. So you can start searching the scriptures for that. And if you find it before we leave, come and show it to me. And I'll give you a hundred bucks. Just that easy. But if you've never been baptized, you can do it tonight. And start the new year off just right. Just right. Don't let this opportunity pass you by. Because you won't hear this in every church that you go to. Don't take this service tonight for granted. You're in a place where you can get saved. 
not every church you walk into, I hate to say it this way, but not every church you walk into, you can get saved. They will tell you God's word. They will encourage you. They will even make you feel good. But to tell you how to be saved, many churches don't know how to tell you that. It's unfortunate, but that's just the truth. And we're all doing this so one day we can spend eternity with Jesus Christ. And so it would be sad that we would go to church week after week after week and never got saved because they never told us how to get saved. You can get saved in this church because we know the scriptures that God gave us to say this is how you get saved. We won't change it because we can't change God's word. We don't add to God's word. We don't take away from God's word. And so we look to the word of God for all of our instructions, for everything that God wants us to know. Somebody say praise the Lord. Amen. Well, I'm going to share with you a little bit in the word of God. I'm going to talk to you in a few moments about the unifying power of communion. The unifying power of communion. Again, I welcome all of you to Christ Center Church. Just good to see all of you. See some friends that I haven't seen for a while. And man, it is just so good to see all of you. We will keep having watch night service, Sister Vanessa. Or what we like to call, I'm going to, I, I, I got to tell Miguel Garrett, I'm going to steal this line from him. He is naming his watch night service the crossover service. I said, go ahead, Brother Garrett. So let's call it the crossover service. We're crossing over from one year to another year. From one day to another day. We're going to be together watching the clock goes from 11.59 12 o'clock midnight all night 11.57 Sister Christy I'm on my way to heaven 11.58 don't be late 11.59 be on time 12 o'clock midnight all night he'll make it all right Come on, baby. You don't want to mess with me tonight. But before I get into the word, audiovisual, help me out. I preached the message today that I would like for you to visit our social media, all of our social media platform, and you will be able to hear that message that I preached today. The message that I preached today entitled, God Knows Us. Still, he loves us. God knows us. Still, he loves us. And I made this statement that if many of us know, or if many of us knew what our children think deep down, some of the things that our, our children have done, I don't know if you would love them the same way, because it might disgust you. God knows all of those secret things about us that's just so messed up. 
He knows all the things that we've done that's just so wrong. He knows every thought in our mind that's just ungodly, unrighteous, unholy. He knows all those things about us. Still, he loves us. That's the kind of God that we serve. If you go and listen to it, it'll bless you. I didn't say that he was going to accept you, keep with all the stuff that's wrong with you. I'm telling you, he loves you even with what's wrong with you. And he can change your life if you allow him to. And you will be able to experience that fulfilling life that he has in store for you. If you will stand with me, we're going to turn our Bibles or put on the screen here. Matthew chapter 26, verse number 20. Matthew chapter 26, verse number 20. Amen. Appreciate you standing for the reading of the Word of God. We'll read a few scriptures here so you feel like you were in church. Matthew 26, verse number 30, verse number 20 says, Now when the evening was come, he sat down with the twelve. And as they did eat, he said, Verily I say unto you, that one of you shall betray me. And they were exceeding sorrowful, and began every one of them to say unto him, Lord, is it I? And he answered and said, He that dippeth his hand with me in the dish, the same shall betray me. The Son of Man goeth as it is written of him, but woe unto that man by whom the Son of Man is betrayed. It had been good for that man if he had not been born. Then Judas, which betrayed him, answered and said, Master, is it I? He said unto him, Thou hast said. And as they were eating, Jesus took bread and blessed it and brake it and gave it to the disciples and said, Take, eat, this is my body. And he took the cup and gave thanks and gave it to them, saying, Drink. Ye all of it. For this is my blood of the New Testament, which is shed for many for the remission of sins. When you get baptized in that water over there, that water is the symbol of the blood of Jesus Christ. And every wrong you and I have done, every sin that we've ever committed, the only way it gets erased is when we get baptized in his name. Titles don't have power. All of us have titles. So titles don't have power. The name is what has the power. The name is what has the authority. And so that water is the symbol of the blood that removes sin. So if you want your sins removed... That water is the symbol of the blood of Jesus Christ. But I say unto you, I will not drink henceforth of this 
fruit of the vine until that day when I drink it new with you in my Father's kingdom. And when they had sung and him, they went out into the Mount of Olives. Father, we thank you for the reading of your word. We thank you for your word. We thank you, Lord, for gathering all of us here in this place tonight at this time. Lord, we could have been any place, but you nudged all of us. You put it in all of our minds and all of our heart. You use people to get us here tonight. And Lord, we know everything you do is for the glory of the Lord. It's for purpose. It's because you love us. And oh God, I pray that before this night concludes into the morning, somebody's life will be changed. Somebody's life will be different. Somebody will respond in obedience to your word. Somebody will make up in their mind that they're going to trust you and walk by faith and not by sight. Touch us all tonight, Lord. We pray for the operation of the Spirit, the gifts to operate, the power of God to move, and for us to experience the glory. Allow me to be your conduit tonight and touch the hearts of your people to receive, their mind to understand, as we give you the praise and the honor. In Jesus' name, somebody say amen. You may be seated in the presence of the Lord. The unifying power of communion. I want you to hear me tonight because we need to understand that communion is not just a church tradition. We don't do communion in this church every fourth Sunday or every third Sunday or every second Sunday or every first Sunday or every fifth Sunday because it's our tradition. That's not what the, the scripture instructed us to do. Jesus Christ instituted the Lord's Supper to commemorate his sacrificial death for us. In case you didn't know, church, Jesus died for every one of us. And a lot of times you hear that preached or you hear that said and you don't understand that. Well, let me just give you a little insight into that. Jesus is Almighty God manifest in flesh. He created all of us. He created this world. And he established the laws by which we must live. We have come up with our own laws. And if they don't fit with what God said from the very beginning, then God is not in it. But he established laws that we must live by in order to be in right relationship with him. And one of the laws that he established at the very beginning was that the soul that sinned shall surely die. So that meant, the Bible says, all have sinned and come short of the glory of God. It means all of us have missed the mark. All of us have sinned against God. And deserve death. Every one of us. If God kept his word just like that. Where every soul that sinned would just drop down and die. Then we all would have been dead. 
But because he's a gracious God, because he's a merciful God, and his desire is to have right relationship with us, he made a way for us not to drop dead and die when we sinned. He said, I will become the sacrifice for your sin. I will give my life, lay down, nobody took it from me, but I will lay down my life so you don't have to die when you sin. So when you hear Jesus died for you, that's really what it's saying. That we should have fall down and died the moment we sinned, the moment we broke his law. But we didn't fall down and die. Why? Because he says, I'm going to die for you. If he didn't die for us, we would have to die for ourselves. Mm-hmm. By participating regularly in this memorial, often called communion, the sacrament, or the Eucharist, we enjoy fellowship with the Lord and with his body, which is the church. The broken bread reminds us of his body given for us. And the cup that we will take part of tonight will remind us of his precious blood that he shed for us. It is a remarkable thing that Jesus wants his followers to remember his death. (laughs) We don't like to hear about death. As a matter of fact, when we have loved ones that died, we don't want to remember how they died and that they even died. Jesus says, I want you to have communion in remembrance of my death. Christ died for our sins. He was our substitute paying the debt that we could not pay. We had no way of getting out of dying after we sinned against. There was no way to get out of it. We had nothing significant to give to get out of dying once we sinned. We couldn't afford to pay what was required for our sins. But he paid the debt for us. The Apostle Paul wrote, For I received from the Lord that which I also delivered to you, that the Lord Jesus on the same night in which he was betrayed took bread. And when he had given thanks, he broke it and said, Take, eat, This is my body, which is broken for you. Do this in remembrance of me. In the same manner, he took also the cup after saying, this cup is the new covenant in my blood. This do as often as you drink it in remembrance of me. When we partake of communion tonight, we're doing it in remembrance of what Jesus did for us. Can I tell you, Jesus has died for every one of us, but not every one of us has taken full advantage of what he has done for us. He died for everyone. There's not a person walking, living, breathing that he didn't die for. So the person who you might think is the worst of the worst, the person who you might think don't deserve anything good that should come to them, he died for that person as well. The question is, will we take advantage of the opportunity 
given to us so we don't have to miss out on the life Christ has for us. Can I tell you, we so often live our life the way we want. I said it this morning. We live our life the way we want, and all we will do is just live a life according to just a revolving door, circle. All we're going to do is the same thing. If you ever read your Bible, you'll see the Bible is about God created man. Man disobeyed God. God made a sacrifice or a way of escape for man to get back in right relationship with God. Man feel good that God restored him, and so he just go back to doing what he wants. And every time we live our life the way we want, we will come at odds or sin against God. Every time. None of us in this room can live a life that's pleasing unto God without obeying God. Which means if we live our life the way we want, we will always be at odds with God because it will always be a life different from what God has for you and I. I don't care how good you are. As a matter of fact, the Bible says there's only one good, and that is God. And so as much as we think we're good, oh, I treat people good. Oh, I don't mistreat people. Oh, I do right. I take care of my family. That's great. But according to God, there's only one good. That's him. That's a challenge. That is his word, but it should challenge us to realize that the only way I'm going to be good is if I obey God. Because doing what the good God does makes me good. But if I do anything else outside of that, no matter how good it may seem, it's still not good. Because only God is good, and only his way makes us good. In the same manner, he took the cup after supper, saying, this cup, you may drink. And should remind you of his blood. And he says, for as often as you eat this bread and drink this cup, you proclaim the Lord's death till he comes. And so we're proclaiming the Lord's death. We're remembering the Lord's death when we take or partake of communion tonight. The Apostle Paul further described the Lord's Supper as the communion of the blood of Jesus Christ and the communion of the body of Christ. Explaining, for we, though many are one bread and one body, for we all partake of the one bread. I'll explain to you what that means in a second. Christian leaders can sometimes take a godly principle and use it to benefit their own purpose. Somebody say amen. That's some of the challenges that we face today. Some of you here tonight, you have probably experienced situations where Christian leaders uh, take God's word and God's principle and apply it in a way that benefit them personally and not how it's supposed to benefit the body according to God's way. And so there are many of us that feel like, you know, we've been misguided, taken advantage of, mistreated. And so we get frustrated or even sometimes have an issue with church. Let me say this. 
when church leaders hurt you, that doesn't mean God's word is not true. Yeah, I got to talk about that. When you get hurt in church, that has nothing to do with God's love for you and that God's word is true. Because somehow, or many times I've seen where folks get hurt in church by good people, and all of a sudden now we turn God off. Like it was God that actually hurt you. We do like how the world do. What do you mean by that, preacher? If you hurt my friend, I'm not messing with you. Y'all quiet, stop. Come on, come on, come on, stop it. You know how you do. If somebody hurt the person that you are close to, now all of a sudden you kind of stay away from them. You don't want to talk to them because they hurt your boy or they hurt your girl. That's ungodly. Be quiet. And so we do God the same way. God, your preacher, your leader, they hurt me, so I'm not messing with you, God. Well, that's only hurting you. People are flawed. People make mistakes. People do wrong. But that doesn't change God's word. That is true. That doesn't change that God still loves you and God wants to save you. Do not allow your hurt from the past to stop you from giving God your whole heart. Stop you from living for God the right way. People should not cause you to give everything you can to God. It's not right. And so we need to pray and ask God to heal our heart. If our heart has been broken, or it's hurting because Christian folk, good Christian folk that are flawed, hurt you. Because it will happen. You cannot live this life without being hurt. You think you can? Watch this. I want to know which husband and which wife never hurt each other. I'm waiting that's the one you took a vow to be with forever. That's the one that you decide that we're going to have a family together and you've hurt each other. So how are you going to be mad when the preacher hurts you? You ain't married to the preacher. Well, Sister Wyatt married to this preacher, but I'm just saying. She can be mad at me if I hurt her. But the bottom line is we need to get over that we got hurt by Christians because we're going to be hurt by people in general. And Christians are still people. Last I checked. And so I share that with you because in your Bible, we see some of that, in case you didn't know. That in the Bible, we see situations where Christian people hurt each other. In Corinthians, which I will read to you as we get ready to take our communion. In 1 Corinthians... Chapter 11, the Corinthian church was doing just what I talked about, hurting each other because they're trying to profit from God's principle in God's word. Apparently, there was a division between the rich and the poor during both the love feasts 
and the communion celebration itself in 1 Corinthians chapter 11. Watch it. The rich had despised the poor at the accompanying meal and disregarded their needs. So just picture this. We got this nice building. But way back in the day, there was a lot of church that were in buildings. Churches were in homes. And so the homes that the churches were in were usually the people that were well-to-do. They were doing all right. And so when they had church services, it was in someone's home. When they did communion, it was in someone's home. Somebody say amen. And so the well-to-do had a nice home. And so, yes, they did different church principles and having church services in their home. The rich despised the poor at the accompanying meal and disregarding their, disregarded their, need, their needs. It was common for the church to meet in the homes of the wealthier members and to have a fellowship meal before communion. Since the dining area could seat only a few, the host most likely selected those who ate with him while the rest ate in the open court or the atrium. So that's how we always make things work for us. So the, the wealthy guy says, this is my house, and we're having communion at my house. And so I want all the people that's close to me, you all sit at the table. And all the others, you can meet out there. You can meet over there. But all of my close people sit right here with me as we take communion. Separation. We do that in our natural lives, deciding those that are well-to-do, we treat each other according to status. And that is so sad that we let status either bring us together or separate us. And they were doing it in the Corinthians church. Status was separating them. And so, this lack of unity, because it's not unified if everyone is at a different place doing communion. It's not unified. This lack of unity caused the believers to lose the real meaning behind what they were remembering. The sacrifice of Jesus' body on the cross. Yes, communion commemorates the death of Jesus Christ. And when people partake in it, we partake in fellowship with the Lord. However, something else happens when we partake in communion. This is what happens when we take part in communion. We have fellowship with each other. And we are unified when we take communion. We're too separated when it comes down to the things of God. 
And I feel strongly that as we go into 2024, God wants his people to be unified more than ever. We've allowed society, we've allowed too many things to get us going in all different directions and cause us to be separated from one another and to let what we do, our status, how we live, the money we make, the things that we have to make those things separate us. We make them determine whether we are going to be together or not. And if we're the body of Christ, if we are the church, we're supposed to be together. We're supposed to be unified. As we go into the new year, we need and we must work at being unified with the body of Christ, which is the church. In Psalms 133, verse 1, the scripture says, Behold, how good and how pleasant it is for brethren to dwell together in unity. God wants his body, his church, to be together in unity. What's so special about that, God? Glad you asked. It is like the precious ointment upon the head that ran down upon the beard, even Aaron's beard, that went down to the skirts of his garment. As the dew of Hermon, and as the dew that descended upon Mount of Zion, mountains of Zion, for there the Lord commanded the blessings, even life evermore. So unity, when we come together, God commands blessings when we're together. I'm not telling you God don't bless you while you're by yourself. But what I like to do when I read the Bible is obey it so I can get the results of it. And if God says he commands the blessings when we come together and we're unified, just like we are now and when we do communion tonight, if God says he commands the blessings, then guess what? I want to be unified. I know some of us came out for watch night, and that's great. But if you're a part of the body, wherever your church is, if this is not your church, you need to get together with the body as often as you can. And we need to make sure nothing stops us from getting together and being with the body. It's too easy now to not be with the body. Oh, I got something to do. Okay? You know what you never stop to think about? And I say this to our leaders all the time. Stop thinking that you're the busiest person of everybody. Because as soon as we show up or don't show up, we show up late or don't show up, you know what we like to say? Oh, you don't understand. I got this going. I got that going. And that is so or such a big disrespect. Because the people that showed up, you have no clue what they got going. You're just assuming that because you may, you couldn't make it that they're not as busy as you are. Wrong. You don't know what they did to make sure they were there on time to be at that meeting that God commanded. You're taking that for granted. And you're making it about you and not about the Lord and his body. That's something we need to do better of. Because I know that many people that show up on time 
to be with the body of Christ. It's not because they couldn't do something else. It's not because they don't have a pressing issue. It's because they realize what God requires and they want to do what God says as opposed to doing what they want. Unity means I don't always get to do what I want. I want to obey God. And so if God command the body to be together, I will be with the body. Can I tell you a secret? God says he's coming back for the church. You can't read any place in the Bible where God says he's coming back just for you individually. Ooh, quiet. God is coming back for a church, Sister Michaela. That's who he's coming back for. So he's telling us something without telling us everything way back in Psalms that when the body... I don't know if you missed this. Watch this. Did you catch this in 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 Psalms one thirty three? In verse three, it says, "For there the Lord commanded the blessing, even life, forevermore." He's telling us something that I'm coming back for a body, a church. Everybody that is following me, everybody that's been born again, living. I'm coming back for a body. Not you who think you are good because you're, I'm coming back for people, a church, a body, not just an individual. So when we try to live for God on an individual basis, that's not biblical. I know this might be tough for New Year's Eve, but. I'm just telling you what I feel God has placed on my heart to share with you. God is coming back for a body, a church, not one person. And can I tell you this? No selfish person is going to heaven. Can I tell you something else? When we stay home and watch church, Constantly, we're being selfish. Did you know that? Because here, can I tell you something really good about that? You don't realize how you can affect somebody greatly with your presence. Sister Vanessa, you might not know. I talk about you ever so often. I was just telling my wife, I said, since Sister Vanessa came to this church, she met with me one time. We had great conversations. We talk here and there, but she just keep doing the do, just keep living for God. God is not coming back for people that are selfish. Selfish people don't get to heaven. And we are being selfish when we don't show up. When the body shows up because you have no idea what your smile means to somebody. And Vanessa, when I see you, it means something to me. Every one of you, when I see you, it means something to me. And when I don't see you, I'm like wondering, are you okay? So you don't realize the impact that you have on someone. You just think I'm going to church. No, no, you're showing up to be a blessing to somebody. That's not being selfish. 
That's saying I'm here to fulfill my part in the body. And my part means that when someone sees me, they will just feel that much better that day. And guess what? God may give me a word to share with that person that will impact their life because the way they see me, it means something to them when I say something to them. You have, you have not thought about that, have you? You just think, ah, I get there, I get there, I don't, I don't. And you have no clue that God command that we be together and that you are a blessing to those that show up as well. It's not just about us. The body functions together. It's about all of us. It's not about one of us. It's not about two of us. It's about all of us. And communion has a lot to do with that. That's why I'm talking about it tonight. In Ephesians 4 and 3, the scripture says, endeavoring, this is the word of God, by the way, endeavoring to keep the unity of the spirit in the bond of peace. <laughs> when I was young, I used to hear the old timers say, sometimes you have to have your right and give it up. And that's what they were saying. This scripture right here, they probably didn't know what they were quoting, but what they're saying is, you know what, whatever I got to do to keep the peace. That's what I'll do. Even if I'm right, I don't have to push my right on everybody because that's not important. What's important is that we're unified. And if I keep my mouth shut and it unifies us, then that's what I'm going to do. If I open my mouth and it separate us, I'm not going to do that. I'm not telling you there isn't time that you got to speak God's word, the truth. But a lot of times the stuff that we want to say has nothing to do with God. We just want to give people a piece of our mind. And that always separates. That's not God's plan. There is one body. Somebody say one body. And one spirit. Even as ye are called in one hope of your calling. Watch it. One Lord. One faith. What baptism did you get baptized in? Uh, It's not two or three baptisms. It's one baptism. So the question is, which one did you get baptized in? Because if it's not the one according to the Bible, obviously it was wrong. And there's nothing wrong with doing, you know, making the wrong right, right? Righting the wrong. There's nothing wrong with that. You don't have to be embarrassed. As a matter of fact, there's, there's a scripture that teaches us that if we got baptized the wrong way, we can get baptized the right way. As a matter of fact... Sister Stephenson, it's so good to see you were here this morning and now you come back tonight and bring family. Sister Stephenson, she was baptized in Titus Father, Son, Holy Ghost. She got rebaptized because she see it, saw it in the scripture that you got to get baptized in the name of Jesus Christ. She got baptized in the name of Jesus Christ. And she even gave us a revelation. She told us when she got baptized in the title's Father, Son, Holy Ghost, she didn't feel what she felt when she got baptized in Jesus' name. Why? Because she did not repent of her sin when she got baptized in the title's Father, Son, Holy Ghost. She just went down in the water and came up out of the water. She went down a wet center, came up a wet, she went down a dry center, came up a wet center. Nothing changed. But when you get baptized in the name of Jesus, something happens. 
And if you're here tonight and you've never been baptized in the name of Jesus, you need to get baptized in the name of Jesus. Because something happens when you get baptized in his name. You can't see it. You can't explain it. You just know something has happened to me because I went down in his name and I came up. And guess what? All my sins were washed away. And the weight of the sins that I carried around for all the many years, I feel so free and I feel so light because those sins are no longer in my life. So you don't have to leave here tonight. Sin is weighty. The Bible says we need to remove the sins and the weights that so easily beset us. Try to run a race with weights, you won't win that race. Unless you're running with slowpoke. One Lord, one faith, one baptism, one God and Father of all, who is above all and through all and in you all. Unity is oneness. Harmony, agreement. Unity was apparent on the day of Pentecost when the believers were all with one accord in one place. The church is a unified body, a fellowship of faith, hope, and love that binds believers together. We do what we must to keep the unity of the body of Christ, which is the church. We don't always get to do what we want, just like anything else. I don't know why we think in Christ we get to do whatever we want. You don't get to do whatever you want in your regular life. So why do you think you should do whatever you want when you come to Christ? All of us need to cleanse our heart tonight as we get into this communion service. None of us is worth what God has done for us. And none of us is worthy of communion, but God still allows us to partake in it. But if we partake in it, we must partake in it the right way. Although no one is worthy of Christ's sacrifice, we should receive the Lord's Supper in a worthy manner with reverence, with self-examination, repentance toward God, and reconciliation toward others. Otherwise, we are subject to divine judgment. If we hesitate to partake in communion, we should cleanse our hands and purify our hearts so that we can participate without fear. If we aren't ready for communion, then that simply means we aren't ready to meet Jesus. If Jesus come tonight, you think you're ready to meet him? Because he can come anytime. If he comes tonight and we're not baptized, we're not leaving with him. If he comes tonight and we don't partake in communion, we're not leaving with him. Because usually we say we don't, partic- we don't partake in communion because we're just not ready. We're not in a good place. The good news about the Lord is, he says, if you confess your sins, I am faithful and just 
to forgive you your sins and to cleanse you from all unrighteousness. So if God says that to us, which he has, then it means that it's okay if we would just repent of our sins, God will cleanse us and we can partake in communion. When we partake in communion, we should claim the blessings of the cross, offer thanks to Christ's sacrifice, and rejoice in the promise of his coming. It should become a wonderful time of celebration and victory. That's what communion is all about. Brother Tom and Brother D. These two gentlemen are going to walk around and give you an opportunity to take one of our communion cup and bread. Before we take it, we will pray the prayers of repentance. So you don't have to worry about, am I right with God? I'm not right with God. We'll give you the chance to be right with God. But we need to be sure that we are ready to go in the right direction in 2024. We're making a whole lot of plans. But if our plans are not with the Lord, our plans could be futile. There are people that died this morning that thought they were going to make it into the new year. And they didn't. People that died a couple days ago that thought they would make it in the new year. And they didn't. Tomorrow is not promised to any one of us. And so what we must do is do whatever is necessary to be right with God. I want to be right with God. And I don't want to make all these grandiose plans about this coming year if it's not first about me being right with God. I want to be right with God. I want to walk in my purpose in a greater dimension than I've ever done. I thank God for all the many years he allowed me to be on this earth. But I want to walk in a dimension in my purpose like I've never walked into. God has purpose for every one of us in here tonight. And it is God's will that you walk in your purpose in a greater way than you've ever done. Let's get on the right track. Let's trust God with our life instead of trying to control it ourselves. You've heard me say this, some of you that have heard this, but I'll say it again. I've ministered in our prisons for many years. And I've had guys that were incarcerated for years and they came out of jail. They were part of the Bible study that I was teaching in the jail. And they came out of the jail and they started doing their own thing. And when I saw them later on down the road, you know what they said to me? They said, Pastor, you know what's interesting, Pastor? I said, what's up? They said, when you used to come to the workhouse and minister there, I was close to God. Because I had my schedule that I followed 
And every Friday you came, I look forward to that. I had discipline in my walk in God. But when I came out, everything bombarded me. And I'm no longer able to keep up to make sure my relationship was right with God. Whenever we have control of our lives, it will always lead us astray. But when we get God to lead us, we will always do much better. And we prepare ourselves to walk in eternity. The early church celebrated frequently the communion because they thought God was coming back back in their day. But he didn't come back. And so that's why they did communion frequently. Tonight we're going to look at the communion text of scripture, which is in 1 Corinthians chapter 11, verse 23. It says... In verse 23, for I have received of the Lord that which also I delivered unto you. That the Lord Jesus, the same night in which he was betrayed, took bread. And so we're going to take bread and we're going to take the fruit of the wine or the fruit of the vine tonight. I would like for you to stand with me. But those of you that do communion with actual alcohol, unfortunately, that's not how we do communion here. Oh, there are some churches that use wine because they're going to tell you that's what the Bible says. I'll tell you, man. One day I'll share some things with you. I'm just taking my time. I don't, I don't want to blow your mind on some things here, but... The bread is in the bottom of the cup, so let's get the bread. Don't eat it. I didn't. All right. So here's what we're going to do. We're going to pray the prayers of repentance. The Bible says all have sinned. I love this scripture. I tell this to our church all the time that if we understand that, we will treat each other better and we will realize we're no better than each other. Because all, somebody say all. All means all in the Greek, in the Hebrew, any way you want to take it. All means all. And the Bible says all have sinned. And come short of the glory. So there's not one of us in here that don't need to repent, including me. So let's pray the prayers of repentance before we take of his body. I want you to ask God to forgive you of all your sins. To cleanse you from all unrighteousness. I want you to tell God that you know you have done wrong. And you're asking for his forgiveness. Will you pray with me? Father, in the name of Jesus. As we enter into this sacred time of communion, we realize that, Lord, we're unworthy. 
But God, we ask tonight that you will forgive us of our sins. For we've sinned and come short of your glory. That you will cleanse us from all unrighteousness. Lord, forgive us. We've done wrong. We have sinned. But we're asking that you will cleanse us. Purify our heart. Cleanse us from all unrighteousness. We ask for your forgiveness. In the name of Jesus Christ. Amen. Lord, we thank you for going to the cross for us. For what you have done for us, nobody else could have done. And we thank you for going to the cross. The scripture says in 1 Corinthians eleven twenty four, And when he had given thanks, he break it. And said, take, eat. This is my body which is broken for you. This do in remembrance of me. Will you take up the bread? After the same manner also he took the cup. When he had supped, saying, This cup is the New Testament in my blood. This do ye as oft as you drink in remembrance of me. Let's drink of the vine. lift our hands and just worship him. Jesus, we have partake in the fellowship of your suffering. We have partake, Lord Jesus, in you laying down your life. And oh God, we're ever grateful. We're ever thankful, Lord Jesus. And oh God, we give you all the glory, all the honor, and all the praise. For all that you have done, all you continue to do, we're standing here getting ready to cross over into a new year because of your mercy, because of your grace, because of your kindness, because of your love. Not because we deserve it, but because of who you are. And we stand here in awe and we stand in appreciation and adoration of you, Lord God, for your goodness, for your grace, for your kindness, because Lord, you certainly have been good. You have given yourself for us. You will lay down your life, Lord God, that we can have life. And oh, how we love you. And oh, how we thank you, oh God. Thank you for giving up yourself. Thank you for laying down your life. Thank you, Lord Jesus, for blessing us, Lord God, and for going to the cross that we can have life and have it that much more abundantly, that we can have eternal life. Oh, we give you thanks tonight, Lord. Oh, God, we want to go into this new year in the dimension of your power that we have not yet tapped into, but we will walk in obedience. We will walk in faithfulness, and we will walk in obedience because you have done great things for us, and you have been good to us. Oh, hallelujah. Will somebody give the Lord praise in this house tonight? Ikayano Oshia Ketelema, Ineremosi, 
Jesus, there is none like you. Come on, let's celebrate the Lord. Let's praise Him. Let's magnify His name. Let's give Him the honor and the praise He so deserves. He has brought us into a new year. He has brought us into a new year. And He's got purpose. He's got direction for us. 2024 will be greater. 2024 will be better because we're going to draw closer to Jesus. We're going to walk in His purpose. We're going to live for Him and we're going to declare Him. Oh Lord, we bless You. We praise You and we honor You. Hallelujah. Come on somebody, lift your voice and let it out and give God the best praise. Hey, hallelujah. Hallelujah. Oh, we love you, Jesus. Come on, worship him. Greet somebody and tell them Happy New Year as you worship the Lord. Happy New Year to your church. I love you. Oh. Hallelujah. never been baptized and you want to be baptized, the water is ready. It's warm. You can get baptized tonight and have all your sins washed away in the name of Jesus. Hallelujah. God bless you. Have a great rest of your morning.
Shout! 